Are you guys ready? Awesome. Well, I want to read to you a couple of scriptures that are going to flow a little bit in line with what I'm sharing today prophetically as well as what we're going to be doing today with the anointing time. So I want to ask you to turn your Bible to 1 Samuel 16. I'm going to read verse 1, and then for the sake of time, I'm going to jump all the way down to verse 13. So we're going to be reading 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 and verses 13. So God is speaking here to the prophet Samuel, and he says to Samuel, Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Everybody say appointed. appointed. Everybody say it again, appointed. appointed. Appointed, because that's what's happening here. What's happening is that God has chosen a new king for Israel. Saul currently is sitting upon the throne, but now God has chosen a new king. And it's interesting that this, this, this king is just a teenager, right? He's just a shepherd. He's the lowest on the totem pole in the house of Jesse. He's out in the field so that whenever Samuel obeys the word of the Lord to go and to anoint him, Jesse doesn't even think to call David to the meeting because he's thinking to himself, here's the prophet. He's got a whole horn of oil. The last person on God's list would be David. And, and I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, I mean, maybe Ben, you could help me with this, but I heard that there, it's kind of like maybe that David could have been like an illegitimate son. I don't know if that's true or not. There's a possibility. There's theories. We got to get Ben back here, man. I need his help. He's getting his PhD right now at Auburn and theology? Education. Education. And I need you here to educate me. So I always check when Ben's here. I'm like, am I on? Okay, I'm good. All right. So there's theories about this, right? And, uh, you know, so Jesse doesn't even think to bring David, right? For some of you guys in here, you're like David, man. People don't even think to bring you up when it's time for the anointing to be poured out. Because they're like, oh, that guy's insignificant. He's never been successful. He's never done anything right. He's just been a failure from the beginning. Do you know that you are the exact type of person? You are the exact person that God is looking for? Because he longs to raise people up that are the weakest among their families so that he can confound those who confess to be wise with the foolish ways of God. God wants to anoint you today. Say, that's me. Now, everybody say it. Say, that's me. Because, look, he's not looking around saying, oh, it's just that person, the person that you think that's in the room that deserves it more than you. No, he's looking at you, and he's saying, I'm going to anoint you today. And there's a reason for that is because he has appointed you today. And that's what happened with David. David got appointed. Therefore, he sent Samuel the prophet to go and anoint him, to pour out a whole horn of oil over his head and anoint him. And that's what's happening in verse 13. It says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Notice that the anointing became public. Some of you guys have known you've been appointed. You've been carrying promises in your heart. But can I tell you, 2018 is the year that God goes public with your anointing. Will you receive that? That God would go public with your anointing. It's so interesting. David comes forward. He gets anointed king. And then the first act that he does is go back to tend the sheep. He, he's, going, he's going back after the prophet of God, the one who never missed it, Samuel, says, you are the king. And then he goes back to clean, cleaning up poop. 
Some of you guys in here have had promises over your life since you were 12, 14, 18 years old. And you know, I'm a king, I'm a prince, I'm a, I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophetess. And then you went right back to poop. Am I, am I preaching to anybody in here? You know what I'm talking about? And you're thinking, you're like, what in the world? I thought I was the king. Wow. We, we oftentimes forget how long David waited on the installation of the anointing that was placed upon him. You guys, you guys are hearing me today, right? Yeah, sometimes you just got to wait a little bit, you know. You be faithful in the little, and then God asks you to steward the much, right? So that's what we see happening. And I want you to guys say this with me. Say, anointed. That's what's happening in verse 13, that Samuel, the man of God, comes and he pours the horn of oil over David and he anoints him. And so today I want to speak to you from the subject of appointed and anointed. That's, that's my daughter. She's interceding. Oh, she's, she's praying for me. It's, it's, a, it's a deep intercession. Don't worry. Here's the thing. Whenever God appoints you, God always anoints you for that task. There's never an assignment that God gives you that he doesn't anoint you for. Like God's not like, you know, joking with you. He's not playing with you, giving you big promises only so that you can step out into the darkness to find yourself alone. God, anytime he gives you an appointment, he gives you an anointing. He gives you power. He gives you energy that comes from him to overcome everything that tries to overcome you as you step into that appointment. That is always the case. There is always an anointing for every single appointment that you have. God empowers people with an anointing to accomplish the appointing that has happened in their lives. And we all have an appointment. And it's on our calendar. It's called 2018. It's right there. It's an appointment. It's right there. And, and, and I believe with all my heart what I'm telling you guys today is the truth. That 2018 is going to be the best year of your life. Because the Bible says we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. It's not going to get worse. It's going to get better. The best is yet to come. It's not a good Christian bumper sticker. Like that is a truth. That's a, that's a reality of the scriptures. And that's what's going to happen for you. I, I believe that. And it, and it may not happen in every way that you want it to. But I believe it will happen in the ways you need it to. <laughs> in the way that you need it to. I know some people look back 17 and say, man, that was just the worst. That was the most terrible. God didn't do anything, he said. I don't necessarily think that that's true. You know, I think that God a lot of times does things in secret, you know, as a setup for the, for the other things that we want, right? He gives us what we need before he gives us what we want sometimes. Is this helping anybody yet? Okay, yeah. Maybe, you know, he's trying to forge a strong character in you so that you can actually handle the blessing that you've been crying out for. Because it wouldn't be a blessing if it crushed you. See what I'm saying? And God knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, all of that, right? So he understands what he needs to build in you before he pours out on you. Okay, moving on. So today, I want to... uh, I want to prepare you for this appointment. I want to anoint you with oil. We're going to have some leaders up here. They're going to come. They're going to anoint you with oil. And so what we're going to do is we're going to anoint you in the same way that David was anointed, except for we're not going to have any horns full of oil, okay? So you don't have to worry about your hair if you've already done it for tonight. We are not going to ruin your hairdo, okay, with a full horn of oil. We're just going to put like a little smear there, 
and we're going to anoint you. And what we're doing when we're anointing you is we're partnering with the Spirit of God to testify to your appointment in 2018. And what we're doing is we are declaring that you are called. We are declaring that you have been anointed. We are declaring that you have been appointed. And as we do this, I want you to know there's nothing mystical about the oil. There's nothing special about the oil. We did not fly this in from Israel. I wish we would have done that, but there's nothing special about it, okay? There's no power in the oil itself. It is literally coconut oil. It's hypoallergenic. It's not going to bother you. We put a little bit of thieves oil in there so it just keeps everybody clean, you know, because we're into the oils uh, around here. And we, we, it's, it's not, there's nothing special about the oils, what the oil is, it's symbolic, okay? It, it's symbolic of a reality, which is that God is upon you. That God's power is resting upon your life for the appointment that he has given you in 2018. And that's the thing about the anointing. It's symbolic. We, you know, we come, you come up, we bring the oil, we put the oil upon you. And anytime you see the Spirit of the Lord coming upon someone in the same way that it came upon David in verse 13 of 1 Samuel 16, then what we see there is we see anointing, all right? If you look back in the Scriptures, anytime the Spirit comes upon somebody, it's, it's power. It's an anointing that comes upon their life for the assignment, for the appointment that they have received from God. We see that verse 13, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed Upon David from that day forward. How many of you guys want the Spirit of God to rush upon you and stay from this day forward? Come on, man. I want that. That sounds awesome. That the Spirit of the Lord would rush upon me. Some of us are like, I don't know about that. I'm a little nervous about what that's going to cost me. I'm a little nervous about what that's going to look like. The more of God will only cost you your dignity. So it's okay. It's fine. You know, it's like... Right? It's like, okay, yeah, I don't know if I want the Spirit to rush up on me. What is that going to mean, right? I can tell you this. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And so the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David, and it remained upon him from that day forward. Everybody say anointing. anointing. And this is, what, this is what the anointing is. The anointing comes upon you. I, I want to teach just briefly on the anointing, but then I want to talk about the presence of God and get back to the prophetic word. But, you know, the anointing comes upon you. When God gives you anointing, he gives you anointing for a reason. Everybody say a reason. a reason. And he gives you an anointing for a season. Say a season. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that it lapsed or it goes away, but there is a specific assignment that God has for you, and you have been anointed to be able to accomplish that assignment. His power works for you. And that is exactly what the anointing is. The anointing is the power of God. Everybody say power. The anointing is the power of God. And we see this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 whenever Jesus is preparing to ascend to the Father. And he speaks to his disciples, the people who were there that day. And he says, you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everybody say upon. Because that's what God's talking about here. He's saying, look, when you get the Spirit... When the Spirit rushes upon you like it did David, when the Spirit rushes upon you in the upper room, there's a byproduct of that Spirit coming upon you, which is this. You will receive power. Everybody say anointing. You will receive power. When the Spirit comes upon you, you get power. You know what that tells me? Is that without the Spirit, we have no power. That tells me that without the presence, we have no power. 
And we're coming to get anointed today. And I, I believe that all of us are going to leave more powerful than we walked in. But there's no way that we can talk about power until we first talk about the presence. Because without the presence, there is absolutely no power. And we need the presence. And we need the power. Because what Jesus says to his disciples is that you're going to be my witnesses. The Greek word there is the word martis, which actually means martyrs. So that paints it in a different light, doesn't it? So you're going to be my martyrs. You're going to be my witnesses. You know, you know what's interesting about witnesses? Is that whenever, whenever you know, there's a, there's a judge and a jury, and I, I don't know much about court or law or whatever, but, you know, like, they bring specific people to the stand that are called witnesses, right? And why do they bring up those people? It's because they have seen something. I'm, go, I'm going somewhere with this. For, for a long time, I, I feel that as people of God, we have heard a lot. But 2018 is a year for you to see something. It's, it's a time for you to see something. Even when the Spirit rushed in in the upper room, the first thing that happened was that they heard a sound as of a mighty rushing of wind, Right? A lot of us, throughout 2017, we've heard the sound of a rushing of wind. We've got prophecies. We've got promises. We've heard testimonies. I've read your testimonies on your Facebook feed. You know, and I, I love it, and I celebrate with you. But I don't just want to hear about your testimonies. I want to see testimonies for myself. Is that okay? I want to see it for me, too. I want to have the power of God flowing through my life, too. And what happened next? It says, and then they saw... Cloven tongues as a fire that separated and then began to rest on each person. The fire wasn't for somebody special. The fire was for everyone, right? And so they heard something, but they didn't stop with hearing something. They then began to step into seeing something. And that's what we're called to be, witnesses. To have eyewitness accounts of the power of God moving through the family of God, working miracles all over the world to advance the kingdom of His Christ. None of us are called to be anointed bench warmers. All of us are called to take the stand. All of us are called to testify. To be eyewitnesses to the work of God in our generation. We're not just supposed to hear other people's testimonies. We're supposed to see testimonies of the power of God working in our lives. You guys are too quiet. You guys get anything out of this? And he said, you're going to be my witnesses. I'm, I had more time in this service, so I'm breaking it down more. i got a few more minutes. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, how many of you guys know that's an imp impossible assignment? There is, no, there is no planes. There is no trains. There is no automobiles. You know, there is not that many people listening to what Jesus has to say. And he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Ju Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That, that sounds like an impossible assignment. Some of you guys in here have a p impossible assignments. Some of you guys in here are like, I'm going to take the entertainment mountain for God. I I'm going to take the education mountain for God. I'm going to take the political mountain for God. Some of you guys in here have impossible assignments. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and prophesy to celebrities and superstars, and, and I I'm going to see people get saved. I'm going I'm to see limbs grow out. I'm going to see the dead raised. I you guys with me? Some of you guys have like this, these impossible assignments that just... Just possess you. Well, so did the disciples. And Jesus gave them this instruction. He said, look, if you forget everything I've taught you in the last three years, go to Jerusalem. Go back to Jerusalem because the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're going to get what you need for your appointment. You're going to get power. 
how, how was it that, that, that Peter, the man, the man who denied Jesus three times, who denied Jesus three times, right, in the heat of the moment, was the same man that stood up, and surely some of the people were present that helped to crucify Jesus, and says, preaches the gospel boldly just a few chapters later. The difference was the power. The difference was the anointing. The difference was that the Spirit had rushed upon him and had given him anointing, had given him power, had given him boldness. So how many of you guys would say, yeah, I need anointing? How many of you guys say, I need power? I need power. But here's the thing. You can't have power without presence. God's anointing is his power, but God's anointing is not God's presence. Sometimes we get this confused and we think about it in the realm of everything is the presence of God. But here's what the presence of God is. If you allow me to define it as best I can very shortly. The presence of God is God's glory. It is the glory of God. Now the power of God is God's anointing. Can I say this to you? You do not feel the presence of God. What you feel is the power of God. The presence of God is not felt. The presence of God is known. Think about Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. So we know with our spirits and we feel with our flesh. So the power of God is about our physicality. It's about our flesh. The glory of God is about our spirit. It's about our inside. When we sit in the presence of God, when we sit with Jesus in in prayer and in interaction with him, what gets transformed is our spirits. Amen? Not, Not our flesh. I mean, it can, but not our flesh. That's not primarily what changes. It's our spirit. It's our inside. We become more like Jesus, right? But when the power of God is released by an individual, when the power of God goes forth through prayer, through the laying on of hands, through the anointing of oil, through prophecy, then physicality is transformed. People are healed in their physical bodies. Miracles happen. Does this make sense to you guys? Yeah. So just think of it like this, that the presence of God is the glory of God. The power of God is the anointing. You guys with me? Yeah. So when the power goes forth, it changes things here. Bodies get healed. Miracles take place. When when the presence of God is there, you know that in your spirit. The presence of God is not something that we feel. The presence of God is something that we know. What's unfortunate is that most people are satisfied just to feel God but not to know God. Which is why they don't carry any power for themselves. Because they're satisfied by feeling the power that radiates off of someone else's faithfulness to his presence. Is it, is, you, get, you get what I'm saying? How many of you guys have been in a service where you're like, woo, it's a glory goosebumps. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right, I'm going to try this side. So have you, ever been, have you ever been in a service where you're like, woo, it's a glory goosebumps? You know what I'm talking about? What you're feeling, you're feeling the power of God. You're feeling the power of God. So when you sit in the presence of God, you sit in the glory, you have an encounter. When you leave that encounter, guess what you carry? Power. When I sit with God in the presence, when I'm faithful to the presence, then I become saturated with the power. So that even when I step out and I don't feel I don't, I, I don't, on the inside, I don't know what's, you know, there's transformation happening in the glory. I'm in an encounter. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having this relationship with God. I'm still stepping out into public and there's power on my life. And people are getting healed and I'm prophesying to people and I'm seeing things happen and I'm, I'm praying for people. Does this make sense? 
I'm doing my best to explain it the best way I know how. I was meditating on this week, this week and I, I couldn't help but to go back to Moses and, and consider the, the, the encounter that he had in Exodus chapter 33 when he went up into the mountain. And the reason why I think this is important is because God has anointed us to do something powerful. But before we exercise any power, any spiritual power, any anointing, see anybody get healed or any of those things, we first have to go into the presence of God. And that's what Moses understood because in Exodus chapter 33, when he's having a conversation with God, he says, teach me to know your ways. And this is important. He says, teach me to know your ways. And then he said, if your presence doesn't go with me, then don't send us up from here. Because if your presence doesn't go with me, then how are people going to be able to distinguish us from any other people in the world? See, there's something different about the people of God is that the people of God spend time in the presence of God. Therefore, they step out saturated by the power of God with anointing to do something transformative in the earth. Bill Johnson says there's no excuse for powerlessness. And the only one that I would have to offer is this, faithlessness to the presence. Because when we don't walk in power, when we don't walk in power, it's evidence that that we're not faithful in the presence. Because to the degree that you sit with God in the presence will be to the degree that you operate in the power of God in public. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever prayed for somebody in public? I, even if it's been church, I'm going I'm to include that in public. But you step up with the confidence that you know God's power is working for you. What typically precedes that time in the presence? But when you haven't spent time, you, you're a little timid. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's the presence that fills us with the power. And this is something that Moses understood because when God said, Moses, I need you to lead my people. Moses said, well, I got to get in the presence, man. I got to get in the presence because these guys, have you seen these guys, God? These guys are crazy. I go up on the mountain and then they fashion, they take all their earrings off and they fashion a golden calf and they start worshiping the calf. And there, what, you, what you'll have to recognize about this is in Psalm 103.7, it says, He made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. See, his ways are only understood in the presence, but his acts are recognized in his power. Which is why Israel fashioned the golden calf. is because just seeing the power of God is not enough to keep you. Right. You have to spend time in the presence of God to stay devoted to Jesus your whole life. It's not enough just to witness supernatural feats of someone else's great ministry. You won't stay faithful to Jesus just because you've seen power. You stay faithful when you're planted in the presence. When you're planted in the presence of God, you, you stay true to what God's appointed you to do. Amen? And so Moses gets up there and he's like, your presence, if your presence doesn't go with me, then, then don't even send me from here. And then he says the famous words, show me your glory, which I love. I just, I just love that so much. I'm like, yes, God, please show me your glory. Every day I'm like, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory. You know what's interesting though is that God didn't just invite Moses up to see his glory. God invited the entire nation up because he wanted to make the nation a kingdom of priests. People who ministered to the heart of God first. But instead of going up with Moses, they said to Moses, Moses, you go up and talk to God and then come back and tell us what he says and we'll obey. That doesn't normally work. But you guys get the point, right? He's like, hey, you know, you go, I mean, everybody, you go up and you talk to God on our behalf and then, and then come back and tell us what he says. And unfortunately, it didn't just happen in Israel. It's happening today. And that happens whenever we outsource 
our opportunity to be in the presence of God to our pastors. You guys with me? It's fine. You go up. You go up, pastor. You go up, leader. You go up, spiritual mother. You go up to the presence, and then you come back down and tell me what God says. But reality is, God is inviting you to go up into the presence for yourself. Because nobody else can bring back the power that you need for your appointment. They can only get the power that they need for their appointment. And you can benefit from their secret history with God, but they cannot impart their secret history with God to you. They cannot take His presence and put it inside you. You have to go and get in the presence for yourself. Because what you've been appointed to do, you need your own power to accomplish. And if without time in the presence, you don't have the power. Without time, faithful, faithfulness in the presence, you don't have the anointing. And when I see somebody active in the anointing and powers happening in their life and miracles and signs and wonders, here's what I know. It's not that they're special, but here's what I know. They're devoted to the presence. They're devoted to the presence. Here's what I know. At 3 a.m. when it's super uncomfortable and you wake up from a dream that feels spiritual and God says, give me some of your time. They're not the ones who say, I'm too tired. They get up, they get out of bed, you know, they, they put their house slippers on. I, I don't know if y'all wear those, but, you know, and they come out and they pray. What are you trying to say, God? They open up the Bible at four. They build a secret history with God. And the benefits of that secret history with God is anointing. The benefits of that secret history with God is power. And I can't share my secret history with God with you, but I can share the benefits of my secret history with God with you. Is this making sense? Is this helping? you got to have your own power for your own appointment. You can't live off of somebody else's anointing. You can't justify your connection to God's presence when you come in here and feel the power that is on someone else's life. But so often we justify our relationship with Jesus because of the glory goosebumps that we get when we come to church. When the reality is we're just feeling the power that's radiating off of the bride that's coming here to worship together. You guys with me? You got to get the presence for yourself. Here's the good news, guys. God's inviting us all up. God's inviting us all up to the presence. And, and here, here's one of the reasons why, you know, there were people who were a little bit more like, uh, had, had a little bit more gusto. And some of you guys in here, I, I know you, I know who you are. You got a little bit more gusto. And I... I I can identify you. I've hung out with you, right? And, and, and as Moses began to take people like that up the mountain, some of them began to turn back. Can I tell you, don't turn back? Can I, can I tell you, don't turn back? Don't turn back. But here's what happens. As, as Moses began to make his way up the mountain, it says that there were thunder, and there, there was lightning, and there was clouds of thick darkness. And, and what happened? People started to turn around. I just, I don't believe that they were afraid of thunder. You know, these are, these are grown-ups, you know, they've heard thunder before. I don't think it's that they were afraid of thunder. I don't think it's that they were afraid of lightning. I don't even think that it, that it was the fact that they were afraid of darkness. I, I think that they were afraid of what it was going to cost them to go any higher. They were afraid of what they would need to repent of in order to peradventure. And, and what I'm saying is, 
Repent of whatever you need to repent of and leave it in 17. Because as you step up into 18, God's calling you higher in his presence. Don't let the thunder throw you off. The thunder's only there to get the fear out. The, the, the lightning is only there uh, to, 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 so that we can let go of every other thing that gets in the way of a full connection to Jesus. Because God wants to take you really, really far. Uh, but the further you walk with Jesus, the more stuff that you got to leave behind. And, and I, I know there's something now that you're like, man, I would give everything to Jesus, but not that thing. You know, not that thing. That's the thunder. Getting around that thing. Yay. Time to repent of that. Leave that alone. It's time to go up the mountain. It's time to go into the presence. There's a new anointing for you. There's a fresh power for you in 18. There's an anointing that you never thought even to tap into for 18. But also going to cost you something. Because the anointing is costly. Think about the oil that was poured out at Jesus' feet. It wasn't cheap. It's going to cost what it cost. And then some of us are trying to talk God into making it cheaper. It ain't going to get any cheaper. I'm going to go to this side again. That side didn't get it. Listen, the anointing ain't going to get any cheaper. It cost what it cost. If you want it, that's just the way it's going to be. It costs what it costs. Ain't going to be no reduction rates. It ain't, it ain't going to be no sale prices. The anointing ain't going to go on sale. There's no Black Friday. It ain't no after Christmas. Look, it costs what it costs. If you want it, go up and get it. If you want it, go into the presence and get it for yourself. Nobody can get the power for you that you need. Nobody can spend time in the presence. you got to get it for yourself. It costs what it costs. There's no discounts on it. You want to operate in power? you got to go get it for yourself. You want to flow in the anointing God has for you? Go get it for yourself. You can't outsource it to a leader. You can't get it through a podcast. You don't get it through a YouTube video. you got to be face-to-face with God for yourself. And every single one of us have been appointed to do this. Here's how I know. Let's read Revelation 5 and 10. It says, You have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And they shall reign on the earth. You have made them. See, God wanted us all to be priests. I kind of I think we invented this, this thing where it's just a, a little, it's just these people. These are the only people. God wants us all in the presence. He wants all his kids in the bedroom. Not just a select, a select few. I don't believe that God has favorites, but I do believe God has intimates. But here's the thing. Everybody is invited to become an intimate. So the question I have for, are you ready to go on the adventure of a lifetime? Because if you can lasso God, I promise you, you will have the adventure of a lifetime. I'm going to give you a practical tip, and then we're going to pray for you guys. I'm going to have the worship team come back. And, I, you know, I, I don't normally do this, but because we're already nearing out of time. And if it gets to be like, you know, 1240 or whatever, and you got kids, please go get them. We'll anoint your kids too. Well, I'll anoint your dog. I don't care if you have them out in the car. Bring them in. I, <laughs> I, honestly, the Anglicans do that, and I love that. I just think it's the best. I, they literally have days. It's like a blessing of the animals. I'm like, we got to do that. I, I love that stuff. I love liturgical stuff. I'm like, we should do Ash Wednesday. I don't know how to do it. I will wear a robe. I don't care. Like, I'm serious. I know you're with me, Tamara, and I will do it. 
So uh, I want to tell you guys about, um, and, and i got to do this quick, but I, I want to tell you guys about something that happened to me a, f- a couple of years ago. And, and uh, I had a guy, he, he prophesied to me, he, pr- he prayed over me, and he said, you know, God is going to, you're going to have a heavenly experience, like you're going to have a glory encounter. And when you do, you're going to be so strange afterwards. Not, 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 not a bad way, but it's just, you're just going to be like an alien here. It's almost like you're going to be from a different planet. Because of this, this heavenly encounter that you have. And uh, yes, I want that, you know. And have you, ever, have you ever noticed somebody in church? It doesn't seem like they're getting the cues that everybody else is getting. Like, hey, sit down. It's time for offering. But they're just still up here. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay, that, <laughs> I'm one of those people. So I, I wasn't getting the cue. They were doing something else. I don't know. They were doing announcements or something. And I was just halfway from my seat to the altar. And I just had my hands lifted. And I was oblivious to what they were doing. Because I was having an experience with the glory of God. With the presence of God. And, uh, and I, 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 saw this, I saw this vision. It was an interesting vision. I saw this vision. And in the vision, I was moving quick through the clouds. And I could see these feet in front of me. And they were just kicking, man. They were running. And I knew it was God. I was like, oh, it's God. I got to catch him. That's what I thought to myself. I got to catch him. And I I think that you kind of do. Because you know how the dove descended on Jesus? And so the Holy Spirit is embodied as a dove. But I'm from Kentucky, so I think it's more like a wild goose chase. And that's kind of like what it is trying to catch the Holy Spirit. Because, hey, look, the, the wind blows where it wants to. Can any man hold the wind? So the King James said, the, the wind blows where it listeth. So it's not just about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's about the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. If you had to live your life with a dove resting on your shoulder, how sensitive would you be to that bird? That's how the Holy Spirit is. Every behavior, every action, every movement you make, there's got to be a sensitivity under, an understanding. There's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? And so I'm in this vision. I see these feet. They're kicking. And I'm like, I got to get God. I got to grab hold of God, man. And, and I'm telling you, the service has moved on. And I'm right here. Just lost. I don't care what anybody thinks. See, that's the thing about the presence. You, you spend time in the presence, the opinion of man because it just fades away. Because it doesn't matter who says what when you know what God has already said about you. So I'm, I'm, seeing the, I'm seeing the feet, and, and I reach out, and, and not, not like I don't actually reach out, but I just in my arms, reach out, and I grab, and I miss, and I don't catch them. And I'm flying, man. I'm like flying in the clouds, and I'm looking down, and there's, there's like harvest fields uh, beneath me, and I know that it's the nations. And, and I look up again, and I say, oh, i got to get them. I gotta, you know, and I reach out again, and, and this time I caught them by the ankle. And he didn't slow down at all. He just kept going, man. And I sped up. And I'm just flying through the clouds. And, and, then, and then I reached up again. I grabbed him. And I got him by the knee. And he still didn't slow, man. I, it, I didn't stop him. I didn't face him or anything. And then I grabbed him. I got him both arms by the waist. And I'm like, I got you, God. And in that moment, in that vision, God just stopped. And he turned around and looked at me. And I, I didn't see anything. I can't tell you. Like, oh, it just I saw that he looked like Jesus. or I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Just... I just knew I was looking at God, and, and then he said, what do you want? Which, which, is an interesting, which is an interesting question, because you would think that in the moment that God stops for you and says, what do you want? You would have a list, you know, the length of your Christmas list. I want, you know, a new job. 
I want more money. I want a spouse. I want a kid. I want to hit the lottery. I want a Lamborghini. I, you know, whatever it is that you are thinking that you would ask God in that moment. I know, I thought about that, but I didn't have anything rise to the surface of my heart that was physical at all. The only thing that crept out of my spirit was, I just want you. I just want you, God. That was in that place. You know, when you find God, you find yourself. And in that place, I was like, oh, I just want you, God. I just want you. And here's, here's where it gets real weird. I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like God just sort of snatched me up. He was like, all right, let's go. And just took me right up. And I, I, I felt like I was seeing heaven. I, I don't know how to, is this is okay? I know it's the 11 a.m. A lot of you guys are guests. You just came here with a friend. They drug you here. And you're like, this guy's weird. Yes, I am weird. It's the anointing. And, and, and we're there, and, and God's like, sits me down at this chair, and it's just like this long banquet table, and he says, son, eat your food. And I look down, there's this big charger there, and there's just a big loaf of bread. It's a huge, good-looking loaf of bread. I'm not gluten-free, so I was happy. And I was like, man, this is great. And, and I grabbed a hold of the bread, and I started eating it. And no lie, you guys, like, like, in, in the natural, okay? I felt like I could taste bread. Like, it was like, it was flavorful and like peppery. And I was like, whoa, this is good bread. You know, better than Panera. And uh, so I'm having this experience and, and, and God's like, you know what the bread is, right? He's like, it's my word. And he said, and you know, you know what brought you here? It's prayer. And through the sustenance of the word, and through time and prayer and in the presence, you can come back to this place whenever you want. So, so, so the reason why so many of us are missing out on encounters is because we're not eating the word and we're not faithful to the presence. And, and we're, we're getting upset with God because he's not giving us the encounters he's given our friend. But the invitation's been the same from the beginning. Come up the mountain. Come up and see the glory of God. Come up and see the glory. He's not a respecter of persons. He wants you to see it the same way he wants me and the way, same way he wants to see you and you. And it's all for all of us. But we got to choose what we're we going to feast on. What are we going to eat? What are we going to put in our system this year? Some of us are talking about going on a cleanse, going on a sugar fast. You're doing the whole 30. You should just read the Bible for 30 days. It's going to be the best nourishment that you've had. You just read the Bible. I'm committed for 30 days. I'm going to read the Bible for 30 days. And I'm just going to keep reading it. And I'm going to get tired. I'm going to read some more. And for some of you guys who are real radical, I just think there's something about four hours of prayer in a single day. And if you if you want to go on that adventure, just take take your day off and say, I'm going to spend four hours of prayer today. And if that seems weird to you, do 40 minutes. Do four minutes. It doesn't do four seconds. Just start somewhere. Feast. Eat, pray. All right, you guys ready for more prayer? Okay. So I, I'd share that with you because I feel like it's a practical tip. I, I want you to know it. Like faithfulness to the word, faithfulness to prayer will put you in the presence every time. And the thing about spiritual hunger is when you get hungry in the natural, you get more hungry in the spirit. If you're finding yourself, man, I don't know. I don't know, I, I, I can't, I don't feel like seeking God. Guess what, next Sunday we're going to start 21 days of devotion. Where we're going to have a calendar out in the lobby where people can sign up to, to pray and to fast 
from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., 24 hours. And every day for the first 21 days uh, after Sunday in January, somebody's going to be praying and fasting so that you would have encounters with Jesus. But we can't get the powerful. You got to go get it yourself. Amen? So I just ask you guys to stand. We're, we're going to lay hands on everybody. We're going to put oil on everyone's forehead. Um, and we're just going to release a blessing that the appointment in 2018 over your life, that God is anointing you for it today in Jesus' name.